0: Okay, good morning and a good night, everybody. Today's DAF is Sota DAF Yud bays We are holding on the top of DAF Yud Bez Aman We are at Azuva Zoo Miriam on the very top line. Today's year is sponsored by. Dr. David Landerer, in honor of his wife and children, and Lila Nishmas' mother, Golda BaSimcha Allah Shalom, It's also sponsored by Andrew Arking in commemoration of the seventh yard site of his grandfather, Albert Arking Avraham Ben Moshe Arking HaKohen, Allah HaShalom. I think the yard may have been yesterday and we missed it, but uh, we, uh, the, the neshama should have an aliyah. And we thank both sponsors very, very much for the sponsorship. So what we're going to discuss today are some of the most famous agaritas in all of Shas. These are like Rashi's on Chumash, kind of famous Hagaratas. We're going to talk about, first a little bit about Kalev and Miriam and what their relationship was. Then we're going to talk a little bit more about Miriam and what made her great, what she did at the beginning of her life, getting her parents back together after her parents had separated from each other. We're going to talk about the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu and the initial hiding of Moshe Rabbeinu from the the Egyptian authorities these and then the uh, Anaman Bays the Gemara is going to discuss Basparo finding Moshe Rabbeinu and uh, how she managed to nourish him, how she found him, how she reached him, how she managed to nourish him and support him after she had, uh, she had found Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's pretty much the entire uh, Amr Beis. So let's begin on uh, the top of Daf Yud Beis Amr Aleph. We are uh, in the middle of discussing Kalev and, uh, and his relationship with Miriam. So it says that V'Kalev ben Chetzron Holid es azuva, that Kalev had a child named Azuva. So says the Gemara, Zomiriam, that's actually Miriam. V'laminik Azuva. Why is Miriam called Azuva? Azuva means abandoned. Sh'akol Azuva mitchilasa Because initially everyone uh, abandoned her. No one wanted to marry her uh, because she was a very sickly person. And only Kalev agreed to marry her. No one else was willing to marry her. Now the Gemara in M'sechas Megillah Daph tells us that Kalev actually married Bisya Basparo, the daughter of Paro. So the Tzchilus Mordechai over there, Megillah says that you have to say either that Kalev had two wives, and they were Miriam and the Basparo. Or he after Miriam died, he married the Basparo because it says Visa as Basparo the BeSavia. So apparently he married her after the mice of the uh, Miraglim because it says that the Kalev who managed to uh, to withstand the pressure of the Miraglim it was so appropriate everyone realized how uh, what what a great Shidduch was that he married the person that managed to withstand the pressures of her father's house the Basparo. So that was. Much much later in history, that was after the mice of the Mraglum. So maybe he had married Miriam first. So, so frankly, Gemara, wait a second. The pasuk that we're dashing says And now you're telling me that he married Miriam? So the pasuk says. Polid. It says that, uh, that, he, uh, that he, 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 he fathered her. But, but he married her. He didn't. He wasn't her father. Anyone who marries a woman purely L'Shem Shemayim, like Kalev did, how do I know it was L'Shem Shemayim? Because no one else wanted to marry her because she was very sick. So, uh, But he, he looked, as Rashi says, at who her brothers were. And he knew that the derech is that the children take after the brothers of the mother. And uh, to a gemarim Basra and Daf Kufiud, So he saw that her two brothers were Moshe and Aaron. Can't do much better than that. So he decided that he was going to marry her. So So it's as if uh, whenever someone marries someone, it's as if he has birthed her. So Urios, and then the passage says, So Urios is also a reference to Miriam. That her face was so pale, it was like white curtains that, are, uh, that she was so, such a pale complexion because she was such a sickly person. And the passage goes on to say, And these were her children, and it says, Yeshar Vishov of v- v- Ardon were her children. So i Baneha. Let's not read it as Baneha. The Re'af writes, because the Pasuk in Yamim tells us that she only had one son, and his name was Chor. And also when it lists Baneha, it doesn't mention Chor as one of the three Baneha in this Pasuk. It says, Yeshar Shov and v- Ardon. So if we know she had Chor, and Chor is not in this Pasuk, and in Yamim it only mentions one son, and that's Chor, so it must be that these ban- banim aren't Banim mamish, ela these are three ways of referring to her husband who's considered to be the one who builds her up so shi, Atzmo Yeshar because he uh, managed to straighten himself out and not to make the mistake of the atas Yitzro that he rebelled against his yetzer hara by not giving in to the atas maraglim Va'ardon, and it's called Ardon, shi, as yitzro, that he put down his yetzer that he ruled over his yetzer hara I'll show you and some say that uh that he's called ardon because the the uh the the, the miriam's face was uh, had a rosy complexion even though we just said that she was as pale as a ghost yeah but uh then she married Kalev and he took care of her and he nursed her back to health and then her face had a uh, had a rosy complexion but according to the first day uh, all three names of Kalev relate to the fact that he didn't uh, that he didn't give in to the Atlas miraglim. Sometimes a person does one uh, one thing in their life that's so important, that's so big. That uh, that sort of defines them for the for the rest of their lives, even though he was a tzaddik his entire life. But that uh, that uh, all of his sincaus prepared him for that moment. So the pasuk says in Divrei Yamim, Ula Ashkor Avi Tzokah How nashim So the Gemara says Ashkor zekalev, The Ashkor is Kalev. V'la Menikrashma Ashkor. Why is he called Ashkor? Shehu Shkru Panav Betaynius. That he was so many fasts on himself not to be nikhshol in the Yatsas Meraglim. And again, everything about and relates to the fact that he wasn't when he was macabre. so many times that his face be- became a grayish complexion Avi because he became like a father to Miriam in that he took care of her he nursed her back to health he provided her with food he uh, provided her with refuah even though the uh, those are all things a husband is obligated to do as well okay so the Achorim deal with that so why is that like an av that's, uh, that's like a husband has to do also when his wife is sick koa is that he uh, he committed his heart to be uh to to, to and he didn't follow the maraglim. so he had two wives it doesn't mean two wives but that mir- the miriam that he married and the miriam that she became were like two different people that when he initially married her she was so sickly and then in the end she became beautiful again and she became Youthful again, so uh, so you see that she uh, that she became like a different person, and then the pasuk says uvene chala v'tzohar So Gemara uh, Darshan's the pasuk, those are not actually Miriam's children, but rather when she became healthy, um, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the 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 her physical appearance became so wonderful that it's compared to these three things tsaras that everyone was jealous of her uh, of her beauty, so she was. Like, like a tzara, like a co-wife, where it's a natural uh, relationship of jealousy. She was so beautiful; all the other women were jealous of her beauty. Her face illuminated like the midday sun, and that anyone who saw her was uh, so uh, interested in uh, having tashmish that they would uh, they would buy gifts for their wives in order to uh, convince their wives to have tashmish with them. That they uh, they were so aroused. By seeing, uh, by seeing her because she was so beautiful. So the Gemara explains, and the Gemara goes back now to explaining the Psukim about the Gzeiros that Paro made. So Paro uh, commanded his entire nation and he said that any child, any son that's born, you have to throw him into the Yaur and any Bas should be able to live. So I'm Rabbi Yosef Rebbe Rabbi Yosef Rebbe points out that when Paro was gozer, and it doesn't say uh so that tells you that that he was gozer even on his own people, that they have to throw their babies into the uh, into the river. In the uh, Medrash Khuma, Rashi quotes it says that the uh, astrologers told Paro that on this day the Goel Yisrael is, uh, was born, and we don't know if it's going to be a Ben Mitzri or a Ben Yisraelis. That they couldn't see clearly in the stars because Kala Magadl Yosm took Beisos Kila and he was uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was raised by a Mitzri woman. So in the stars, uh, you have the, He had two mothers. He had a, a Jewish mother and a mitzvah mother. So they couldn't see clearly whether it was a mitzvah uh, uh, the child of mitzvah or the child of Israelis. So uh, the power gathered together all the mitzvah and he said, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to sacrifice your children for one day because this is the day the Moshe Yisrael is going to be born. So we're going to get rid of all of the boys today. So they, he made the gzera even on his own uh, on his own people. And once uh, the, uh, that, that day came and went and they saw that nothing had happened yet, he he continued, they saw in the stars that the Moshe Yisrael was still around so he continued the Gezerah until Moshe was finally thrown into the or which we're going to see soon was three months later the Ena writes that the Raya to this Drosha from the Pasuk is from the fact that it begins with the Lashon of which sounds like against their will and then it says lemar, which sounds like an amira raka, like a soft way of talking so, so because he told them something that, it, that they ultimately were willing to agree with in the Shev Shmeitza he explains based on what the Beis Yosef quotes from the Russian, the name of Rabbeinu Tam, that the Din of Dinah, of the Malchus Adina is only if it's a Din shava, if it's, uh, if, if it's a non-discriminatory law. If there's a law that says, oh, for Jews the law is this, and for non-Jews the law is that, then there's no Din of din of the Malchus Din of Malchus, Adina. Din of Malchus Adina is only when it's a non-discriminatory law. So based on that, the Shev Shemaitzer writes, the Mialdo said to Paro, ki kol- lo kanashma Mitrios, mitzrios ivrios that you aren't gozer on the nashim like you are in the ivrios, and therefore we don't have to follow your instructions. We're not obligated to follow you. So therefore he was gozer afalamo. He was gozer even on, So now the miados are going to have to follow his instructions. It's a certain style of uh, of learning to plug all of halacha back into the uh, into the, the, the discussions in uh, in the storyline of chemish, in the in the uh, gracious, uh early part of shamoh's part of chemish. Okay, so anyway, there were three stages to Paros Gzeros, in Benu Vamitenoso. Initially it was in Benu Vamitenoso, any child born to the Jewish people, and he trusted the Mialdos to kill them on the birthing stool. Then he told his people, okay, it's not working, they're not following my instructions. So anyone who sees a Jewish baby, throw him into the river. And then the third stage was he had to make the gzeri even on his own people. And then the passage continues and describes in the beginning of Shemos that a man went from Beis So where did this man go? So Rabbi Yudav explains that it doesn't mean he went to a particular location, but rather he means he followed the advice of his daughter. So what what exactly happened? Tana. Amram Gadol Adar haya. Amram was the Gadol Adar, because he was called an Ish, which is Lashon of Khashivus. so we see that he was a Gadol Adar. Gadol Adar, in the, in, in, when Chazal used it, does not mean the biggest Tamil Chacham of the generation, it doesn't mean the Zaken Rashi Hayashivos or whatever, however we use it now. It means the leader of the community. It means the person who was the political leader of the community. See, so he was the Gadol Adar. Everyone would listen to whatever he did, whatever he said. Kivan Shegazar Paro Rasha, kalabena Yilod once Paro made the Gzeirah that any baby boy had to be thrown into the yard Omar, so uh, Amram said, What are we doing? We're having children for no reason. Uh, they're just going to be killed. So So he divorced his wife. When everyone saw that's what the God Al Adar did, So everyone else followed suit, and they all divorced their wives. Some little Bito, Miriam, his daughter, said to him, Abba, the Gzehru you just made is more harsh than the Gzehru of Paro in, in several ways. Paro is only goes on the z'charem, but you, having everyone divorce their wives, are seeing to it that not only will no baby boys be born, no baby girls will be born either. The Minchasota explains that Amram must have held like the sheep of Beshamai, that in order to be Machiavim the of you need two sons and two daughters. And and at this point he only had one son and one daughter so even if he's going to have another daughter it's not going to be able to be puravu puruvu because whatever boy is going to be born is going to be killed so his daughter said to him nah the halachas like the Beis Hillel. they already mechayim the mitzvah puruvu zacherun and right now your only obligation is l'shevas yitzara and La al tanach meaning even after a person fulfills the mitzvah of puruvu there's still a mitzvah to have additional children because l'shevas yitzara the world is meant to be popular Populated. And means that a person has children when they're young, but even when they get older in life, they should continue to try to have children, so that you could fulfill both of those with more girls. You don't need boys to fulfill those. Uh, those. But, uh, and, or, or says Minchasota, maybe she was masking to Sheet the but uh, since uh, they were all Megarish, their wives, so he said. Uh, uh, even those that already had two boys are not going to have any girls now, so you are going to cost them the mitzvah. Meaning, you are thinking selfishly for yourself. You'll never be able to do the mitzvah, but everybody else will still be able. To, meaning, those who already have two sons might still be able to make the mitzvah by having two more uh, daughters. Okay, again, that's the style of, of, uh, of uh, some sfarim, to learn that way. So uh, to, to plug all the halachas back in. So parallel gazra mazah. Second difference between the way your gazera and the uh, the gazera of. Paro, uh, by the way, the, the Yosef writes that the the reason she says your are Gzairah's Kasha Mishal Paro even though uh, if you give him, give birth to Nekevos, there's not going to be any boy to marry them, but uh, someone else can marry, one. if one boy survives, he can marry many women. And also, even if you marry Mitzrim, the children are going to be Jewish because we follow the mother as far as the Judaism uh, of the children. In Divre he has a sharp vart. He writes that uh, the Gzairah of and Mitzrayim was for 400 years. It's just that uh, because we, we multiplied so quickly, it was the riboy ha'am that was zman because we, there were supposed to be uh, so many years of manpower working. So we had so many people, and therefore uh, the zman was uh, was shorter. But since Paru was, goes there to kill the males, there wasn't going to be a riboy ha'am anymore and working. But th- th- we still could shorten the time through the Koshi yashibud. And part of the kosh is suffering the loss of those children, having them thrown into the to the or. So, uh, but once they're megaris, their wives, so not only will there not be a riboy ha'am, there's also not going to be that extra koshi. Because they're not going to suffer that, uh, that that terrible pain of So therefore your ghaziras is Michelle <speaking in Hebrew> Paro, because Paro is making a but you're you're prolonging the gazeros Paro, you're you're prolonging the galos, And second difference was <speaking in Hebrew> paralogazar ella is only in this world that the children are gonna be killed. <speaking in Hebrew> but you but you are costing them their ulma, all- my- because any child that's doesn't come down into this world to begin with is never going to be able to make it to, make it to Olam Abba and the third difference is Paro makes a maybe it will be fulfilled maybe it won't be fulfilled but that's a tzadik you're a tzaddik. of course your gzera is going to be fulfilled that's the nature of a tzaddik that when he makes a gzera it's going to be fulfilled so the marshal points out that these three tiny that she had relates to the three different stages of the Gzaira of Paro that we alluded to before. The Gzaira of Imbenhu uh, that the Mialdos were supposed to implement was that Paro was Lo Gozer and Yor Gozer Afal anikevos. And connected the second Gzaira of Kala Benayilor to throw the babies into the river which was not supposed to be implemented by the Mialdos, was supposed to be implemented by all of Mitzrayim. So she said that uh, at least the baby will be born we'll go to Olam Abba, but call. Uh, that they're not even going to go to Olam and connected the Gezerah that, uh, that, that was even made against the Mitzrayim so, uh, so she tightened this The uh, Suffolk where the Paros Gezerah is going to be Meskayemes because why would the midstream listen to that? They're going to lose from doing that. So they're, uh, they're, there's a good chance that they're not going to even follow that Gezerah. So as the says, it aligns perfectly with the three Gezerahs. So once Amram heard this, he was macabre what his daughter said, he remarried his wife, he remarried his wife, and everyone else followed his lead, and they too uh, remarried their own wives. Vayikach. Pesach says Vayikach is Paslevi. So asks, why does it say Vayikach? Sounds like a brand new marriage, but this wasn't Vayikach. Vayachzar mi baulei. It should have said Vayachzar that he was machzir grusha, so that he remarried her. So I'm Rabbi Zvina. It says, Vayikach, to teach us, he made a wedding like it was the first wedding, meaning of a man divorces his wife and then remarries her. They usually don't have a huge celebration, you know, with hundreds of guests and a band and whatever but he made a wedding like it was an original Hoshiva B Pariyoni put her in this nice chuppah with uh, with with all sorts of curtains and uh, over it and they had dancing with Aaron and Miriam dancing in front of her and the Malachi Asharis were saying at that time and then uh, pasuk says who, who did he take as Bas Levi could it be she was 130 years old and she's called a Bas so Pashto says that Means uh, at a certain age you stop calling a person a bass. I don't know though if she's a bass, Levi if she's a daughter of Levi. At what you know just uh, just yesterday uh, Rebbitzin. Uh, uh, Briria David uh, passed away. So uh, the first line of every, uh, of every, uh, of every um, uh, you know, Hespit, uh, of every, uh, of every obituary said the daughter of Rav Huttner. Uh, she was 84 years old, but she's still the daughter of Rav Huttner because she's the daughter, she wrote Pachad Yitzchak, so she's the daughter of Rav Huttner. So of course you're going to say that uh, that she's, uh, that, that's, that's not a secret. Everyone knows she wrote Pachad Yitzchak. Uh, I mean, it was Rav Huttner's teachings, but she, she wrote it up. So, uh, so that's, uh, so, so, uh, so so you call her boss forever. Says the Rashash. it's not about the youth. That's not what we're saying. What the Rashash is saying is, why don't we call her by her name? She had a name. So the fact that we're not calling her by her name tells you that we're trying to say something over here. Meaning if she was old enough, we're saying that she was so old. Meaning when would you call someone the daughter of so-and-so if you don't know her name? So, oh yeah, she's known by who her father is. But once she's already old and accomplished... So then she has her own name. So why aren't they calling her by her own name? That's what, uh, you know, so, sometimes the yeshivish style is like on a wedding invitation. They'll write uh, the husband's name, virayasa Like it's not Tsenua to write uh, the, the woman's name. I think in uh, Rebetzin Meiselman's uh, book about the Salvechik family, they printed... Uh, uh, Rav Moshe Soloveitchik's uh, wedding invitation. Um, and it said, uh, and, and said, on, you know, uh, the, the, that the, uh, you know, the, the names of the parents were Chaim and whatever Rab Chaim's wife's name, I don't remember what the wife's name was, but her name was there, right, in the uh, in the invitation. It says, there's nothing wrong with saying her name. She was a well-known uh, person already. So you should say her name. So she was such an accomplished person and you're still calling her a bas She was Rachanina so Rabbi said that the, the, the it's difficult because mm-hmm. when it goes through the Bnei Yaakov who went down to Mitzrayim and you count Yosef and his two sons, you only get to sixty nine people. And yet when the pasuk summarizes, it says that there were shivim nefesh. So how does he explain it? This is Yocheved who was conceived on the way down to Mitzrayim. Vleidasa and she was born uh, in, in between the walls as they were getting into Mitzrayim. Because pasuk says yodos al levi that she was born to Levi in Mitzrayim. That her birth was in Mitzrayim once they had arrived in the walls of Mitzrayim, but her uh, her conception was not in Mitzrayim. So Moshe Rabbeinu was 80 years old when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim. So if you do the math, if the whole Shebud was 210 years, and Moshe was 80 when we left Mitzrayim, so 210 minus 80 is 130. That means Yochebed was 130 years old when this episode happened. Some Rabbi Yuda why is she could be called a bas? This is alluding to the fact that she, she looked very youthful again. That she uh, her her, uh, her her complexion turned to a young lady's uh, complexion. She started uh, getting her period again, and her her uh, her wrinkles all uh, straightened out. So uh, so all of that. So the uh, the Iun Yakov raises the question uh, we're about to see in the Gemara in a few lines that she was already pregnant with Moshe at this time. So this nace was really unnecessary. Why did she have to look young again? She was ready pregnant for three months, meaning before Amram divorced her, so she had already been pregnant with Moshe. So the Inyakov says in the name of Marash Shapira that since uh, he was Maxir her, in order that everybody else should be Maxir their wives, if she didn't appear like someone who was a Bas Banim, everyone else would say, yeah, of course he took it back, his wife. She's not going to get pregnant anyway, but why should we suffer the, uh, the, the, the pain of having a child and then having that child taken from us? But once they saw that she had turned youthful, so then let's set the proper example for everybody else. She got pregnant and she gave birth. What do you mean she got pregnant? She's been pregnant for three months already. So Rabbi the Rabbi We're trying to say that the birth and the uh, and and the, and the conception were similar to each other in the following way. Just like when she conceived, it was without pain because that's the way conceiving normally works. So too when she birthed. It was without any ptsar Khava. And from there you see that the nashem uh, sitkanios are not included in the gzera of chava. And then she saw the baby and she saw that he was tov. His name was tov. His name was tov. No, what it means she saw that she's tov is she saw that he was going to be a Navi. That he was going to be someone who was prepared for Navu. I rather say no. it means that she saw that he was born already with a uh, with with a In the Sefer al he says, "What does he mean? His name was Tov. His name was Tovia." That, that that that's up to her. What, what what his name is? That's not Vatero, so that she saw that he's Tov. So he says it has to. It must be that the chacham will say that Nesmalei Abayis Kulo Oro is Rabbi and Rabin That uh, the next sheet of a chacham Rosh Hashanah Moshe Nesmalei Abayis Kulo are Ksivach of atera or Kitov. That must be that because she saw the bias was full of R That's why she called him Tov or Tovia, something like that. Because she saw the Tov that he had brought into this world. That's why uh, he's called uh, Tov. So it's a, those are the Chachamim. That's why those Chams don't have a name because we already said their names. It's Rab Meir and Rabbi Yehuda who said Tov and Tovia. So for three months because the Mitzvah were only counting from the uh, nine months from. When when Amram remarried Yocheved, but they didn't realize she had already been three months pregnant by that time. But three months came, she couldn't hide him anymore. Am I? Why couldn't she hide him anymore? Let her keep, keep on trying to hide him. Because any time the midrash would hear that a that a baby was born and they were uh, hiding the baby, they would take one of their own children, one of their own babies there. In who they would force their own baby to cry so that the Jewish baby would hear the Mitzri baby crying, um, and then uh, the Jewish baby would cry because it's natural when there's another baby to cry to cry along with the other baby. So they, uh, it's it, the contrast is remarkable, right? Pua is a poet of Latin and, does and, and makes sure that none of the Jewish babies are crying. That that's what the Jewish mothers are busy doing and the Jewish midwives are busy doing to try to make sure that their babies don't cry, that the babies shouldn't have to cry. And what are the mitzvah busy doing? Making their own babies cry just so that they can make our babies cry. And it's worth it for them to make their babies cry so that our babies will cry as well. Some things don't change. That's what the pastor says that the Baskel said at the Yamsuf, uh, to, to the Me'a Yamsuf, that they should drown these Shualim Ketanim, who are mechabel meaning those who caused the Jewish babies to cry, even though they themselves were innocent children who were forced to cry, but it was through them that these Jewish babies had to suffer. And uh, she made for him, she took a Tevas gome, uh, so uh, a box to put Moshe in. So why Gomeh? And it 's the cheapest material and Saddikim uh, value. Their money more than their guf. So the Ben Yo points out that it's Meduyuk. It does not say, Yosemin nafsham, because uh, nefesh. if it was dangerous to put him in such a uh, box, she never would have done so. If it was more dangerous than another kind of box, she never would have done so. It's not that it was more dangerous, it was less comfortable. And it's okay for children to not have every comfort. Uh, Tadikim learn that uh, even if you yeah, have that that, that, that it's okay to be frugal and save money without having every comfort now uh, why was the money of Tzadikim so uh, beloved to them because they don't steal so uh, whatever they have is hard earned money that, uh, that the reason she chose the Teva's Goma is nothing to do with saving money it's that it's that if you have something that's a very hard material so bangs against one rock the rock is going to be harder it will put a crack in it and that will be the end of it but if you have something soft something Reliable. So it bangs against the rock, and it will bend a little, and then go right back to what it was. So, uh, so it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a wise decision to make it a Tevez Gomez so that uh, it will be able to withstand much uh, much more. It's like by Makas Barad, the Chumash says that the hard grain was all crushed by the Makas Barad because if it's hard and it comes across a force that's, that's more powerful than it, so it'll get crushed. But the softer grain just bent and came right back because uh, when something is soft, even though it comes against a very hard force, it will bend and it'll go, go right back. That's the muscle to anivus. that uh, if a person is a none of, then they're not going to get crushed. A person is a none of, so okay, so someone try to put you down, but that 's okay, and then i 'll bounce right back, but if a person is not a nun, if a person 's not willing to bend and he just insists on standing tall against everything, so he 'll be crushed eventually by something bigger than them. The of and then she lined it uh, with chemer and Zephes sat so is a nice smelling thing that was on the inside Zes mi the very bad smelling tar that was on the outside of the box so that shouldn 't have to live with a bad smell in inside the box where he was being hidden. So she put the child in there and she put it by the uh, edge of the river. So Rabbi El-Azar uh, says it was the Yamsuf. So uh, the Marsha says, but according to the Pesachim, the Yamsuf was not a Mitzrayim. The Yamsuf was a ways away from Mitzrayim. So he says, it has to be that there were these uh, small bodies of water that shot off the Yamsuf that made their way all the way down to Mitzrayim. And that's what it was. Rabbi el Agam, it was in a swamp. Keduxiv kane Suf. like the pasuk says in Yeshayahu, kane v'suf kamelu that uh, that the reeds and the uh, and the aravos uh, dried up and fell down. So that's uh, that's in the swampy area. Vater bas paru liruchot zali ars. So the bas goes to bathe by the ars. Amrav yochum mishum mishum minuchai melamit shiordel liruchot megilule avias. She went to wash herself clean of the avod zara of her father's house. Meaning she went to be megayer v'cheinu omr. And that's what the Pasuk in Yishayahu says, Im rachatz Hashem is because uh, uh, that, that Hashem washes off the Averos of the B'nosion. So it's, a, it's called washing off when one washes off the Averos of Avodazara. And uh, Basparo doesn't go alone, so she was together with her Na'aros. When it says that they were Holchos, the Lashon of Halicha often means Misa. Where do we find such a thing? So Omer, says that uh, Esav says to Yaakov Avinu, lamus. So you see that Halicha is Rosh Misa. And as we're about to see, these young women that were walking with the Basparo were actually walking to their deaths. So she sees this box uh, in the uh, in the uh, the reeds. Mm-hmm. When her shvachol saw that she wanted to save the Moshe, she wanted to save Moshe. they said to her, min The way things normally work, if a melech makes zera, even if nobody else follows it, at least to, he could rely on his own family to follow his gezeros. Uh, and you're going to go against the gzera that your father made the so Gavriel came, the Malach Gavriel came and he knocked them all into the ground and they all died all those people that were discouraging her from taking Moshe Rabbeinu they all died so she sent out her Amma and she took uh, the baby one opinion says Amasa means her arm that she stuck out her arm to grab Moshe and the other says that no, it wasn't her arm it was her shivcha, that she had a shivcha that had survived, as Gemara is going to soon say and that's uh, what she had said the one that says that it was her arm is because the word amasa means that it was her arm and the one that says that it must have been her shivcha is because it doesn't say that it was yada now the Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that anyone who is magadal ben and we learned it from Moshe Rabbeinu because in Divrei Yamim he's called Ben-Bisya it sounds like because she was the one that, that raised him so that's like the, the Mandiyama that so that's like the Mandiyama that she's not the one that saved him that it was a Shivcha that saved him but if you assume like the Yen Yaakov points out if you assume like the Mandiyama that she's the one that saved him she might be called ben Bish, he might be called Ben-Bisya because she saved his life not because she raised him so it's one or the other that made her either one would be enough to to call her the mother of the child either that she saved his life that she was responsible for his very survival or that she continued to raise him as uh, as he grew up according to the sheeta that it was a shivcha that she had sent. Ha but we just said, and that Gavriel killed all the shivchas who were with her. No, the He left her one. Because it's not uh, proper dignity for a melech to be walking alone. So uh, she had to have at least one shivcha that was with her. Aye, but this shivcha might tell. Him. No, she saw what happened to the others. So uh, probably uh, that was enough to, to scare her straight and to uh, uh, make her conform. So, to, to what Basparo wanted. According to the Shita that was Yada, why not just say Yada? Why speak in such a strange term? It's coming to teach us that uh, her hand stretched out many amos until she reached the, the, the box that was very, very far from her. Uh, because Rabbi Yirmeyot taught us that uh, when Esther got to Achashverosh, he stuck out his Sharbet HaZahav, which was really only two amos, but it stretched until it reached her and you find a similar thing with the Amasa and we find the same thing with the teeth of Og Habashan because the Paz him says that it's not that they broke but that they overgrew meaning when he picked up a mountain that was uh, three Parsos large and he lifted it over his head in order to throw it on Klal Yisrael who uh, sent a whole bunch of animals. To make a hole in the mountain, and he uh, and his head when he wore it like a necklace, and then when he wanted to lift it up again over his head in order to throw it, his teeth overgrew into the mountain, and he wasn't able to get it off of his head. So that's Sheribavta that, that also grew at an in an unnatural way, similar to the amasa of the basparo, similar to the arm of the basparo, and the sharbit of uh, achashverosh. Rav Shachto often points out that when you have these kinds of things, that a muscle we use this word that doesn't mean anything meaning. It mean, it could mean anything. A muscle could mean her maid. It could mean uh, you know. It, it, there's a better word for maid, and there's a better word for yad. And the Chumash doesn't use either one of those words. So it must be that uh, Akhoshbaru is building into the tradition the uh, both meanings that, uh, that 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 So dafka the word was chosen to uh, to mean both things. Rosh uh, Hashanah points out that a lot of times the is do that. Rabbi Nasi does that sometimes, right? So what does he say? Yeah, you want to be yotze the the mitzvah of sefer Musk'lı bugün olsun just tell me where to start. Tell me what to say. So Machokis Ravin Should you start with Avadamayinu? You start with Mikhilov de Avadzara. Dafka wanted Rabbi Danasi, there were two traditions. So he wanted to use a language that incorporated both of those traditions in the language that he was using. That you find that he said the classic example of Mi'iri says that Piferish on the first mission of Abu Kamah. Shorbar, Mave, and Hever. What's Maveh? So uh, so Mave uh, it could be Shane or it could be Adam. Why? Because there are There's a far from the pasuk somewhere that says something about Mavah relating to Adam that no one knows. I never would have associated that. I never would have thought of that pasuk. I never. Just tell me Adam. Tell me Shane. Tell me what it is. So no, the Miiri explains that the, the Mishnah there were two traditions of what it was. So he came up with a word that, that could mean either one of those things, and that's uh, oftentimes how the Mishnahis work. And apparently uh, that's uh, that, that that's uh, how the Chumash itself works. That, uh, that, that Amasa could incorporate both uh, possibilities. So she opened it up and she saw the yelad. What's vaterehu? It's is if it wouldn't have said eshayelad, but it says vatera eshayelad. So it should have just—it should not have been vaterehu eh, as a yelad. It should be as a yelad. So Amrav Yisrael Bichaninu sheras the that she saw the shechina was with this child vine nar boche. So she saw the yelad and it was a nar boche. So kardi leyelad vekardi lenar. He calls him a yelad, then it calls him a nar, which sounds like an older child. So Tana who yelad vekolo kedar. Different Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi says it was a very young child, but when he cried, he sounded like a nar. Amrav Yisrael Bichaninu imkein asis to says, well, then you're turning most Moshe Rabbeinu into a Balmum, that uh, what kind of baby sounds like, uh, you know, an eight-year-old? That, that, that doesn't, that's not good. Uh, even though Moshe Rabbeinu, the way he spoke was a Balmum anyway, but that was later on, and that was a heroic act of uh, taking the coals instead of right? So that, that's, uh, but, but, but at that stage, there was no reason Hashem should have made him a Balmum. No, this teaches us, Naar teaches us that, uh, that, that his mother made uh, like a mini chupa in the box. She said, I might not be Zoha to see his chuppah because he's going to be killed. So she built a little chuppah. Uh, apparently the, the when uh, when when children die, Rachmanel's son, before they are ever Zoha to, uh, to chuppah, they were minhagim about putting uh, hadasim or other things that are associated with the chuppah on the aron that they should make like a mini chuppah for them because their parents are not going to, to be ma'oretzar, that the parents are never going to be able to see that child's uh, chuppah. miyaldi And she had mercy on him. And she said he's from the Al- so she know that he was a jewish kid she saw that he had a bresmila. she had a without even realizing it she said this one is gonna is, is no fell but no one else was no fell is gonna be no fell into the hour because on that day they were that the novik Calls them a loshon of ganai that they're only mitsaf that they're mahagim like uh, like birds that they're just chirping away uh, they don't even know what they're saying even uh, so tzafim ve'num yodim mat they see simanim but they don't know how to interpret them mahagim ve'num yodim ma mahagim they're motsi kol but they don't even know what they're saying so uh she moshiach shal yisrael muloka ra'u the chosim these people who saw in the stars saw that the moshiach shal yisrael would be uh, smitten by the water eventually amduv. So they didn't know what to do. So they decided, okay, let's throw him into the river. given the Shahju of the Moshe, uh, once they threw Moshe Rabenu into the Aar, Amru Sula Vin Kehusimana, Sulh Kazin Kehusimana. We don't see that Simon anymore that he's gonna he's gonna be nil bear, because uh so long as he was Mushlach in the aar, there's uh the, the that that's uh that that's as bad as it gets. So Bat alugzera Sayo Sulim and Vatal Gzerah but the hemin and Yodim, they didn't realize that their original vision was true. True, but they didn't know how to interpret it. Shal That his punishment was on account of May mariva, a different water. Those are the mariva that the Sagnina Paros saw, but they were mistaken as, as the meaning of what they saw. That he says, So ragli means Bishvili. That you survived because of me, because I was thrown into the arse. So they were Mevata the and therefore everybody else was able to be born and was able to survive. Rabbi Bar Papa Amar yom, the day the Moshe Abenu was saved, Esram ve'echad ben Nisan very close to a major Davyomic coincidence. How often do we mention dates in uh, in the Gemara? Two days from now. Esram ve'echad ben Nisan, it was the 21st day of Nisan. Amram no, l'achayish re'chadosh baruch Hu, ribonu Misha ased shira alayam b'yom the one who's ultimately going to say shira on this day. Yilka BiYomze is going to be nilka on this day. Rav Yacham, Ravich Amar amr Yom, shisha b'sivan hayin. No, sixth day of Sivan. Amram l'achayish re'ch the one who's been a Torah from Arsina in this day Yilka Biyomze he should be, he should be struck down in this day. If you say that should it makes sense. it is three months after his birth. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu's death and birth were both on the seventh day of Adar. So it tracks from the seventh day of Adar until the sixth day of Sivan. Is in fact three months. El me'adim b'asam me'achav beni son heichim shkachzah b'aravitzes me'achav beni son. The Moshe was thrown into the yard. How can the pasuk say that she hit him for three months? So also shanemu uberes haisa. It must be that there was a shanemu There was an extra month to uh, to to play with, and therefore Ruboshul shall was the majority of Chodesh Adar from the seventh day of Adar till the end of Ruba shalachron, and it was the majority of 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 uh, of, uh, of, uh, of the the last month from the beginning of nisan until and uh and uh and the middle of the other was a uh, was a was a full month so uh so that's why it's three months even though it wasn't quite exactly three months so the sister said to the bass should i go call you a menakes so why did she offer a jewish menakes that's a strange thing to offer because they tried with all the Mitzri women who were able to nurse, but he wouldn't take. Amar um, Pesha uh, the uh, the said, the mouth of one day is going to speak with the Shechina, Yinak is going to nurse the That uh, someone who was uh, who was uh, who would not take, nur- that would not nurse from Mitzrios and uh, is the one that's going to be is the one that's ultimately going to lead uh, Klal Yisrael. This is the famous Ramad Says that it's better not to give a child to nurse from a non Jewish woman because of this. because So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky points out, or the Grub points out that is because of Pesh Daber Mashkina. So Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky points out in the Emma Sliakov, there was only one Moshe Abedim. No one else is going to be a Midaber Mashkina. So why, why can't uh, any other baby? So say, every baby has to be raised as if he's going to be a Pesh HaSal Daber Mashkina. That she ran like a young. Young lady, that she's called her Alma because uh, she uh, she was being secretive about it. She didn't tell the Basparo that she was get, fetching the boy's mother. So Basparo said, "Take this baby." That over here too, she was having a nivu without realizing it. means This is actually your child, and it actually was her child. And I'll pay you to Nurse the child. Not only do the Sadiqim get their Aveda the back, but they get paid for it. So Yocheved got paid to be able to nurse Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, but Shem, tomorrow we'll pick up from Vatika Chmir Mir Nivia. <laughs> <laughs>